Hey girl, welcome to the She's Known podcast. This is a place to laugh, to be vulnerable, and of course, to grow in faith in our everyday lives. My name is Lauren, and I'm your host and big sister guide of sorts. Life is a hot mess, but it's so much easier when women like us can come together to be known. No, it did work. Oh, haha. Sorry, we're recording. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> um, I thought I pushed to start recording and then it didn't record right away. <laughs> so, um, sorry. Anyways, hi. <laughs> welcome back to the She's Known podcast. Um, this is part two of two in like the, I guess it's a contributing to the series of what I wish I knew, but, um, it's part two of one of the ones that I wanted to go a little bit more in depth and more detailed about, which was what I wish I knew about identity. So last week I covered two points on what I wish I knew about identity. And that was, Oh, my neighbor just slammed their door. I'm so sorry if you heard that. Wow. Um, point one from last week was your identity is not found in the career you choose. We often figure our status in life is something that identifies us. Um, then the second point was your identity is not in who you used to be. That one resonates a lot with me because I'm not necessarily proud of my past. There are some areas of it that I'm really proud of and there are some areas of it that I'm not proud of. And it's taken me a long time and there are still moments when I'm not fully there and um, not fully believing that like really how could God love me this much? How could I I be redeemed and all that stuff? Um, it's taken me a long time to overcome the shame of my past and realize that that's not who I am anymore. I don't live there anymore. It was actually kind of cool. Um, so today's Sunday. Um, the, well, when I'm recording, this is Sunday, but when I release it, it is a Tuesday. So um, this morning's uh, message from my pastor was called Be- Beloved and Beloved. And it was really cool and it really spoke to me about like nobody really truly understands the depth of God's love for us. He went through the different kinds of love, um, like philia, which is like, I think that one's the brotherly love. There's like four different types. Um, eros, which is like the, um, love between spouses. And then another one that I can't think of. And I don't, I'm too lazy to walk over to my Bible journal (laughs) that I took notes in this morning. Um, but the one that represents God's love for his people is the word agape. And I know that we've probably all heard the word agape multiple times. I know I have, um, but he really, pastor Zach really kind of unfolded it and unpacked it a little bit more in detail. And that helped me kind of understand a little bit more and understand that Nobody can truly understand agape, the love that God has for us, until like we have we have to learn to understand it, or at least try to understand it, and then give that love to others. But that's that's more of a topic on love. Oh, love. Um, but before we dig into part two of um what I wish I knew about identity, a hot mess moment for this week. I don't necessarily have a hot mess moment, but this past week was the first week of school. Um, the first two days were, cause as you know, if you've listened to my podcast for a bit, you know, for a bit, this is a few episodes into season one. <laughs> um, if you've listened to my podcast at all so far, you probably have heard me talk about um, being a teacher. I'm a high school teacher and yeah, the first two days of the week, Monday and Tuesday, were teacher days. So we had like professional development, meetings, 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 and more meetings. And then um, the Tuesday, I got to work in my classroom and make it pretty. Um, thankfully, I have a super artsy friend and colleague who has like an engineering husband, and they made my classroom look super cute. 
and super cozy. It's given me mad coffee shop vibes, like cute, cozy, not Starbucks vibes, but like cute, cozy mom and pop shop, coffee shop vibes. It just makes me want to curl up in the corner with a book, but I can't do that because it's my classroom and I have to like work there and do work instead of just reading a book. Um, anywho, so Wednesday through Friday was the official time when like kids were there. The first two days of school were so hectic, but it was awesome. So Wednesday we had rallies and kids everywhere. And then it was so hot because I'm in Southern California. I don't know if there's anybody who listens outside of like three people that go to my church. And then a few of my students, shout out Amy. What's up, girl? Um, I, oh gosh, I was, we had to wear these like cotton polo shirts, which were super cute, but just when everybody was packed into the gym and we were wearing that and it was over a hundred degrees outside and they're just like stinky teenagers in the gym. It was just like a lot. Um, it was fun, but it was a lot. I'm pretty sure this past week I lost like eight pounds just in sweat alone. I've been drinking water like there's no tomorrow, which you always should do anyways, but I usually drink about a gallon a day. Um, I drink like my gallon at work and then I'd get home and like chug more water. It was just like so hot and it was exhausting. When you're a teacher and you're off for the summer, I'm sure that my other teacher friends can attest to this. Hey, even if you're a student, you could probably attest to this. You forget how exhausting it is to learn and teach for six, seven hours a day. Like I get home and I just like want to go to bed, but I can't do that yet because then by the time I'd wake up, it'd be bedtime. So I have to like have hobbies and figure out what to do. <laughs> um, anywho, but yeah, so it wasn't so much a hot mess. It's just, it was a crazy hectic week, but it was so good. So good, crazy. Um, the past few years have not necessarily been the highlight reel of my teaching career, but this year I'm so excited. I have, not that I didn't have great kids in the past, but I'm super excited about the group of kids that I have this year. I have some amazing, amazing sophomores and freshmen, and um, I love all of my TAs, and I'm just, oh, I'm super excited. Oh, I'm such a teacher. All right. Let's get into part two, shall we? All right. Part two about what I wish I knew um, about identity and remember identity is a tricky thing. I think we go through it on like a daily basis of having to remind ourselves what our identity is. Um, but this next point that I wanted to cover was, um, <clears throat> your identity is not what others say about you. We often find securities in the things that surround us, like our looks, our sense of humor, our hobbies, or whatever it is. Um, or maybe we find identity in a boy. Ladies, please do not do this. Please do not do this. A boy cannot consume you. A boy cannot be your identity. I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes little Billy's really cute. I get it. He's super cute and he's super athletic and he's just, he gave me that like, oh, he smiled at me. I get it. Boys can be cute. Um, but don't put your identity in them. The only one who should have, the only boy who should have your identity is Jesus. The only one who should have your identity is God. You are a child of God. He has given you that identity. Don't put it in a boy. But it's very hard. Like we find the things that make us comfortable and the things that we know and like fall into that habit of doing somehow become our identity. I, and I still, I still fall into that idea of, well, I'm a teacher. That's my identity. Well, I'm a, an aunt. That's my identity. Um, one of my friends the other day, we were talking about the Enneagram and we were like, oh yeah, Enneagrams. Um, for those of you who don't know, they're like personality tests. Some people believe it. Some people don't. Um, I, I'm neutral about it. I took the test just to see what it was. I mean, I feel like it's pretty accurate. I'm an um, Enneagram two, which is like the helper, the giver. And I do often find myself 
not in identity with the Enneagram too, but in identity with being a people pleaser, being a oh, – I did a, an episode on people pleasing a few weeks ago. Oh. But I do find myself falling into being the – you know, my my identity is please, in pleasing people. My identity is in caring for others, is in giving others and giving so much of myself that I have nothing left, um, like pouring from an empty cup, so to speak. And she was just like, yeah, you're – although it was really sweet because like each – personality types as strengths and weaknesses. Um, but there's a lot of strengths that go with my personality type, which is like, I'm very caring. I'm very nurturing. Um, I'm very empathetic and sympathetic and all of that stuff. Um, and she, it was just so sweet. She was like, yeah, you're like, you're like a stereotypical, like good, solid best friend to have. Like you're the, you're the girl that you want like to have as a best friend. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you. Like, well, on the outside, I was like, oh, thank you. But on the inside, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like so sweet. Thank you. Um, I don't know if she worded it that way or that's just how my brain perceived it. Anyways, um, but it's not – your identity is not in what others, what others say about you. Um, ben Stewart, Pastor Ben Stewart of uh, Passion City, D.C., I believe it's called. I think let's go with that. Um, he had a series not long ago called Kings and Kingdoms. You guys can look it up on YouTube. I watch a lot of his sermons from, um, Sunday service on YouTube because, well, he's in DC and I'm in California. So yeah, but in his series, Kings and Kingdoms, he talks about identity in things. Um, he says the what's aren't bad. It's often the why right? So this is showing that the things we identify with are not bad of themselves. They're not bad themselves, but the way we use them or the way we identify in them can become idols or can become the idea of identity. So like, for example, being funny. Being funny is a good thing of itself. Like humor is good. God has a sense of humor. Y'all, there are things that God does that I'm like, mm, you're funny. You're a funny dude. Look at mm. like um, another conversation I was having with a friend the other day is sometimes God will talk to us the way that our attitude talks to others. Like God will sass us when we when we feel like convicted to do something, we feel God sassing us, um, or just the way that God puts pieces of our lives together. He's got a sense of humor, so like being funny is not a bad thing. It's a good thing in itself, but when you rely on that. And you must be that. I must be the funny person. I must always be cracking jokes. Uh, I must be the class clown. I must be the life of the party, whatever. We begin to idolize it. And then our worth in being the quote unquote funny one or whatever character trait you identify with um, becomes like consuming to us. And that's not, that's not good. <laughs> it's... You know, people say you're funny. That doesn't mean you need to take on that identity. Um, I know there's times when people are like, well, I was just told this for so long, so that's who I became. And I get that. Um, there were times when I was younger that I would be told by, like, bullies at school. So I was bullied when I was younger. And I'd be told by bullies, like, how pathetic and worthless I was. And I started to adopt that as my identity because I was thinking if all of these people think that I'm worthless and annoying and whatever other words they came up with that were not nice and negative, if all of these people think it, it must be true. So that's who I am. So that's who I must become. And it started to become my identity. And that kind of triggered into, you know, some depression, some anxiety, um, a lot of trust issues, and a lot of just like mental struggles in general. Because All because I believed some stuck-up girls that bullied me in junior high. Wow. I've come a long way. Good job. High five, self. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Looking at my notes. Oh, yeah. Society is like totally constantly at our throat with the comparison trap thing. Ugh, the comparison trap. I hate it. Um, especially as a young woman, we we get it like every single which way, every single direction. It's coming at us all the time. It's like thrown in our face every single day. 
uh, the concept of our, our worth and our value, right? Media tells us, be thinner. Oh, you're too thin. Makeup makes you pretty. Oh, wait, that's too much makeup. Try this diet. Try that diet. Try this other diet. Wear these clothes. Show your skin. Accept your body. But like, don't fully accept your body because that's too much. And you aren't cool unless you have these shoes or this car or whatever it is. The beauty standards that have been placed on us, I know that in today's society, it's coming out more for boys too with different standards. But this podcast isn't for boys, so meh. For young women, it's thrown in our faces every single day. We're growing up seeing it on TV, commercials, billboards, magazines. Magazines are still around, right? Like I still look at magazines. Maybe I'm aging myself. I used to get the Tiger Beat and Seventeen magazine all the time. That's a long time. And now I'm aging myself. Get back on track, Lauren. Get back on track. But, you know, social media, social media is a huge one with the um, Instagram, TikTok. I know some young people use Facebook. I use Facebook, but I'm not quite the young little lassie that I used to be. But all the different forms of social media, Pinterest, um, Snapchat, Snapchat, I can't stand that app. I think it's ridiculous. Um, maybe this is my hot mess moment slash hot take for the week. I think Snapchat is a ridiculous invention because while there's a lot of people out there who use it for fun and for, you know, the right reasons or whatever, there's a lot of people who abuse it. A 10-second photo means that I can do – I'm going off on a side tangent here and we're just going to let it happen. Um, mostly because you have no say because you're just listening and that's just how my brain works is like squirrel. A 10 second video that disappears forever, but could also be screenshotted. (sighs) Messages that you can type to each other that show for a certain amount of time and then disappear forever. I did have Snapchat at once. I didn't like it. I felt guilty, like I was hiding something. And it was, I don't know. And I know that everybody looks at different things different ways. I just have a conviction not to use it, not to have it. But I feel like there's a lot of, in today's society, with the influential media guiding young adults um, and young children today, and even some questionable parental tactics There's a lot of ways that teenagers and young adults can fall into a trap with Snapchat. Oh, it's just a 10-second video of me revealing myself. Well, yeah, but he could screenshot it. Well, yeah, but I'd be able to see if he screenshotted it. Not unless he was with his friends and his friends took a picture of it. Then they wouldn't screenshot. They were just taking a picture of it. Like, if you put something out there on the internet, it's out there. I know many people who have learned this the very, very hard way. Just don't do it. Don't be so consumed with a boy um, or looking cool or whatever, saying this or saying that, saying inappropriate things. Like it's not – don't be a nice person because they're nice to you. Be a nice person because you're a nice person. Don't put yourself in a position that's going to come back and haunt you. That's the cool thing about Christianity. A lot of people don't realize is Christianity is not the change that chains that the world wants you to think it is. Christianity is actually freedom. It's freedom in all things, right? If you think about using this going on the Snapchat chan, Snapchat tangent still, if you think about it this way, if you Snapchatted somebody revealing picture. You might be living for a while with the like, oh, it was like fun and thrilling in the moment. But then the after, um, after wave of emotions, the aftershocks of it are like stress and worry and guilt and insecurity. Oh my gosh, did they take a picture of it? No, they didn't screenshot it. Could they have been with somebody? Did they show it to somebody? Maybe somebody else took a picture of it. Who else has it out on their phone? Is somebody able to hack the phone? Maybe this is just how my brain works. 
But I feel like as girls, like a lot of us are professional overthinkers. Don't worry. I'm like the queen of overthinking. A lot of us are professional overthinkers as females because we are naturally built to be swayed more towards emotion than logic. Sorry, girls. That's just how it is. Some of you guys are better than others. Some of you guys are like me and we're like super emotional because you know what? God loves us in all of our emotional glory. But I need to keep going. Okay. Um, I just need to keep going. Where am I? Okay. Sorry. Brain fart. I like lost my paper for a second because I was like on a Snapchat tangent. Oh, no, no, no. Let me finish that really quickly because then I was talking about how like when you live in the world and you send a Snapchat, you're all concerned and blah, 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 blah. Whereas if you just, I don't know, like whoever feels guilty for spending time with Jesus, you know? Now, I will say there was a time at the beginning of my Christianity when I was still, I had like one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And I was like, not ashamed of being Christian, but like slightly, okay, no, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, Christians are weird. And like, people are going to think I'm weird. Like who cares? Well, side note now, who cares if they think you're weird? I think we're fantastic. I think I'm great. You think I'm weird. I don't care. You do you. Um, But there's no guilt with like doing the right thing and living for God. There's guilt that comes with living in the world, but not in the word. Just something for your mind to marinate on. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. Um, So all of those things that like society tries to push on us, they... Um, try to falsely make us think that we're not good enough. Like the whole, you know, you need more makeup. You have too much makeup. You need to be uh, skinnier. Well, now you're too skinny. You're like sick and blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is, it tries to give you this like false idea that you're not good enough. But there is hope. You know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because in the re- Because the reality of it is whether you agree or not, you are valued and worth it. I don't always agree it and I don't I don't always agree with it and I don't always see it. But I am of value. I am of worth. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus loves you. He died for you. He died for like let's just sit in that moment for a second. Jesus died for you. Jesus looked at us and saw all of these struggle bus people. And all of these hot mess people, I was like, I know if they knew me, their life would be better. But how do I get them to know me? Because the route they're going right now, they're headed towards hell. Yeah, that's right. I said it. But they're sinning, which is going to lead them there. But if I sacrifice myself then they can come be with me as long as they acknowledge and accept me. Like, how cool is it? His grace is so good. Christianity is the only religion that we don't have to do anything except his love. Except, except his, except accepting his love. That, why was that so difficult to say? The only thing that we have to do is accept Jesus's love and acknowledge him as savior. That's the only thing we have to do. Other religions give us a to-do list of, you know, you're not going to go to a good place unless you do this and do this and do this and do this. Christianity is not a checkbox. Christianity is a relationship. Okay. It's not a checkbox. It's a relationship. Jesus loves you. So whether you realize it or not, whether media makes you feel like you are valued or not, feelings lie. They're liars. They are. Yep. They're, they're liars. Sorry, not sorry. But whether you feel worth worthy or not, you are, you are because you're a child of God, period. Um, I remember listening to, there was like, it was like another podcast or maybe a youth sermon. 
was it our youth? I don't know. But it was, um, they were talking about a military sniper. So apparently there was like this, the sniper people were in their sniper tower doing what they needed to do for their job. And, um, all of a sudden a grenade was thrown into their little like sniper tower in a few split seconds. One of the men jumped on top of the grenade, jumped on top of it and, uh, took the entire blast and saved the lives of all of the other men in the tower. I'm getting like the thing that I think of, of somebody jumping on a grenade side note is like, um, that cap, the first captain America movie where it shows, Steve Rogers before he was Captain America and he was all tiny and he jumped on the grenade, the fake grenade. Um, but he, he jumped on the grenade. He didn't even think he just sacrificed himself so that the others would survive. Now we look at that situation and go, that's heroic. Those guys must feel like you would think those guys feel loved, right? Our friend loved us enough that he died for us. He took the grenade so we didn't have to. And we would all look at that. Christian or non-Christian would look at that and be like, that's love. That's love. Their friend, their Conrad, a close, I'm assuming confidant of theirs, jumped on an explosion and died so that they could live the rest of their life. Jesus did that for us. He did that for us. He took the burden of all of our sins. He took the sins, the grenades of our life, which is like a lot. Cause like, I'm like very, very far from perfect. And I've messed up a lot. Um, thank goodness I was redeemed. Praise God. But he took that burden, he took the sins, our grenade sins, and he jumped on it by placing himself on the cross. Why? Because he loves us and he wants us to be able to live in freedom. Gosh. Like really... I don't know why that just hit me different speaking it out loud instead of just the like bullet points that I had written down on my notes. That's so like, like I know that Jesus died for me, but me reiterating it just like, I don't know, something just hit me just now. He took that burden from us, not because he loved us, because he loves us. Because he loves us. Ooh, that's good. <clears throat> okay. And then my last point. Um, your identity as defined by the world does not tie to your worth and value. So I kind of touched on this a little bit above. Um, let me repeat that. Just so those of you who, I don't know, maybe you're taking notes. That'd be cool. Your identity as defined by the world does not tie to your worth or value. So Romans 12, two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God, what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. So, oh wait, hang on. We're going to pause for a second. I have to stop the recording because my time's almost up and then I have to start a new recording. I'll just smash together later so you won't even know. So hang on, stand by. I'll be back in like less than a second for you. Uh -huh, see, told you I'd be back in like split second. Um, okay, so Romans 12 too. So conforming to the world, um, the world wants us to. The world wants us to do that. They want us to put our identity in the world. Um, so ask yourself, who am I? I know, super broad of a question, super like philosophical of a question, if you think of it, depending on if you're hitting it surface level or not. But who am I? Let me go a little bit deeper for you. 
Are you a person who is doing what everyone else is? Or are you letting God guide you? This is a tricky question. So if you're stumped for a bit, like I totally understand that. Because for me, there are so many times in life where I'm like, oh yeah, no, God is for sure guiding me right now. But then there are so many times in my life as well that I'm like, oh, am I being, yep, I'm being pulled in a different direction. I'm following the crowd. I'm doing the cool thing. I'm doing the hip thing. I'm not doing what God wants. Now, sometimes, not to say that God's not cool and hip, because homeboy was, wasn't, is legit, but the world makes the cool thing seem, the world makes the popular thing seem like the cool thing. So it's not necessarily cool. It's just, that's what the world is putting its standards into. So what are you doing? Are you doing what the rest of the world is doing? Or are you letting God guide you? And that could be really tricky to do or to decipher, um, to know if God's talking to you, one of the best ways to do this is to spend time with God. How do you know his voice and his conviction and his Holy Spiritness if you don't know him? Like I spend every day in some form of the word. Sometimes it's a little bit, sometimes it's a lot. You know, each day is different. Each day changes. I don't, it doesn't always Um, I can't always get more than a chapter in. Sometimes I can get multiple chapters in. Sometimes I do a whole book because I'm like on a roll and, you know, getting, getting her done. But I try my best to be in scripture every day. Um, On top of that, I have gotten a lot, I guess, deeper in my prayer life. I'm more specific with my prayers, not necessarily asking for things. Like, yes, I do ask for things, but I'm also specific in things that I'm thankful for or specific for the people and things that I'm praying about for healing, um, specific about the the sins I'm asking for forgiveness about, right? So my, like my prayers, my prayers go in multiple parts. Part one, um, praise, like all the, like thank you for all the things. And sometimes I will go on a tangent and start listing things because then I'll be like, oh, thank you for this and this and this. And then you're like, oh, I feel like I should be thinking for like everything. So like thanks for my cat and thanks for my fridge and thanks for the water in my fridge. And so sometimes I do go down that rabbit hole. Um, But I start with thanks. And then um, I go into asking for forgiveness So, you know, forgiving, asking for forgiveness and claiming repentance. And then lastly, I um, have requests, which oftentimes, like, yeah, I do request about certain things in my life, but I also make sure that um, I have people that I'm praying for that are on my request list. Like I have a friend who um, was diagnosed with cancer recently, so I pray for her healing Um, I have some other friends who have some health issues or who have some mental health issues or um, even if it's small, like, you know, a student asked me to pray for her to do well on her test. Like, I want to make sure that I'm adding not just things for me, but things for other people too, because in God's word, he calls us to love others. And I feel like praying for them is a way of loving others. And that's a great way to communicate with God because you're doing what he, like, he loves us and he he calls us to love others too. And I think that he smiles when we put our love towards others. Um, so I'm trying to be in the word every day. I've been getting a lot deeper and extensive with my prayer life. Um, I worship all the time. So like I put worship music on when I'm getting ready. I do it on the way to work. I do it like at lunchtime or my free time at work, I will play it and just like let it soak into me on my way home from work. If I'm on a run, because I go for runs in the morning or when I'm working out in the mornings, worship music is a good way. Um, spending time in Christ-like community. That's, well, I think I did an episode. Yeah, didn't I, I did an episode um, not long ago, I think towards the beginning of the season of like how to spend time with God. And I think I gave something ridiculous like nine nine things to do. Um, and I don't do all of them every day, but I do try to do a lot because I want to spend as much time with God as possible. 
because he is life. So that's a good way to, to let God guide you. The more you know him, the more he's able to use you. Um, so there's so many lies out there that are trying to grab hold of you. And I know it's hard. I know, trust me, I know it's hard. Remember overthinker. Um, I know it's hard, but don't believe them. Repeat God's promises to yourself. I have a super cool little book that I got from my church's cafe about God's promises. And they've got cool, oh, let me look at it. Let me pull it out. They've got cool little categories. So if I go to the the table of contents, it's like um, promises about Jesus um, as your forgiveness and your your guardian, uh, like different things like that about what to do when you feel discouraged or worried or depressed or confused or tempted or angry, what to do when you're in need of fellowship, when you're in need of patience, when you're in need of peace, when you're lukewarm in spirituality. So they just have, they have a long list of all of these really cool things and it tells you what pages to find those promises. And they're all scriptural promises. It's not just like things that people have said, oh yeah, this is just like a promise in the Bible. Like, no, it's actual scriptural. And it, it lists like this. So like, ooh, let's give an example. Do, do, do. Let's see here. Let's go. Um, what the Bible has to say about ooh, obedience. Let's go to that one because I've been trying really hard to, I've been asking God a lot for to show me how to be obedient to him. Page 197. Okay, obedience. And they're all, I believe, the New King James Version. Yes. Okay. Let's read a smaller one since I'm eating up time with this. Isaiah 48, 18. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. So this kind of seems like he's saying, if you just listen to me and listen to my guidance, then you would have, you know, my peace in you and my righteousness in you, which is so true. If you just listen to him and you don't go against his plan, he's going to fill you with the fruits. So mm, well said, Isaiah 48, 18. Let's see here. Um, But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Jeremiah 7.23. Again, following his commandments, following what he's asked you to do, trusting him, obeying his voice, it will leave you content. It will, it will be well with you. It will lead you to contentment in Jesus. Um, let's see. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Acts 5, 29. Amen to that. We need to obey God, not man. Man is not God. Sometimes man thinks they're God and puts themselves on a God complex and tries to put their self, themselves on God's level. But uh-uh-uh-uh. Nope. I'm sorry. Did another man die for me so that I could live in eternity with God? Nope. Did another man, did a man bring me out or did a, I'll say human, just so people don't feel like I'm being discriminatory. Did a human bring me out of my depression and anxiety? No, Jesus did. Did a human bring me out of my prodigal phases because there were about three different phases of my prodigal self. No, God did. Did a human bring me out of getting drunk all the time? No, God did. How did he do that? With Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. He convicted myself. He was um, speaking in little whispers in my heart and pulling me in the direction of him. And I just remember, for example, with the alcohol, I remember I would be drinking and drinking and drinking. And I remember there was like, I was on my like fourth drink or something one night, which is like way too many. Like drinking is not a sin, but drinking that is way too many. I stick to like one now, maybe if I feel fancy and want a glass of wine. Other than that, I love tea. I'm thirsty. I go for water or a nice cup of tea because it just makes me feel cozy. I know that makes me sound old, but I was on my fourth, like fourth drink 
um, one night when I was out. And um, I remember I held it up to my lips and something inside of me, it wasn't necessarily like I heard a voice or anything, but I had this feeling inside of me that was like, girl, what are you doing? Why are you taking another sip? You, you don't feel well. You know you're going to feel like crap in the morning. What are you doing? And it was almost like a sarcastic tone. So like part of me thought it was me talking to me because I can have a little bit of a sassy, spicy tone sometimes when I talk. Um, I can be sarcastic. Oops. Um, But I I can be that way. So I thought that that was myself talking to myself. But see, God has a sense of humor, man. Back to the whole God has a sense of humor thing. He's talking to me the way I was talking to myself. I realize now that that was the Holy Spirit inside of me convicting me and pulling me out of that. And he was pulling me out slowly. And he didn't always use myself to do it. Sometimes he used... Um, people in my life to do it, like my connect group, my friend and mentor, Ashley. Um, She was a big role in bringing me back to God. And she wasn't obnoxious in your face about like, you need to be in church or you're going to hell. No, she was slowly trying to plant seeds and just be warm and welcoming and encouraging. And sure enough, um, the fruit of her seed planting produced in me. So like God doesn't just use the Holy Spirit within us. He uses the Holy Spirit within other people as well and circumstances to get us there. Um, Anyways, where was it? Oh yeah. Repeat God's promises over yourself. Sometimes I have to verbally correct my thoughts over and over again. Uh, Look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself a pep talk. I do all of these. I was reading a book called Soundtracks. I think it's called Soundtracks, and then there's like a subtitle to it. But it's, it sounds so silly. Give yourself a pep talk. I give myself a pep talk that centers on like my worth in Christ. So not just, you're awesome. You're great. You're this. You're that. Woo, go you. It's your, you know, I, I center it more on God because it's not about me. I'm good because of him, not in spite of him, you know? So like you're a daughter of God, you are loved and, for, and and never forsaken by the King of Kings. And I always try to relate it back to God because I'm nothing without him. Um, this all kind of actually ties into my mental health episode that I did not long ago, but okay. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41. 10. So even when you feel worthless and like God is not with you, know that he is. You don't always feel him, but he is. He's right there. Remember, this is a relationship. He wants to be a part of our lives. And for that to happen, we we need to put in some work. It's a partnership, right? It's a partnership with him. We have to have open minds um, to what scripture says about who we are meant to be. We have to have an open mind about everything. We can't just be like, Okay, fine. He loves me. I'm good. Like, mm, it's a little bit more than that. Like, yes, he loves us, but you have to accept that love. Like, he's handing you his love on a silver platter, and you're looking at it like, yep, that's love. That is love. Um, I was talking to a girlfriend the other day. We went out for scones and tea, um, and she had a really good analogy, and as an English teacher and a Bible nerd. I love analogies. I love analogies. I love symbolism. I love analyzing. So like, I'm, I'm such a nerd and it's the best thing ever, but she was talking about how like, okay, so she's a mom. If she told her child, go clean your room. And they came back with a book and they're like, okay, mom. So I looked up the Hebrew definition of cleaning your room. And I looked up the Greek definition of cleaning your room. And I looked up this definition of cleaning your room. And I really understand what cleaning your room is. Um, and she's like, um, okay, can you like go clean your room now? And they go clean their room and then they come back 
And then they're like, okay, I really like, I have, I've done a little bit more research and I looked up different verses that talk about cleaning your room. And like, I'm really like, I totally understand what cleaning your room is now. Cool. Now go clean your room. (laughs) We have to accept the gift. We have to not just understand and know the gift, but we have to, we have to understand and know it to accept it, but you have to accept it. Um, I was also telling the same friend yesterday that um, I sometimes I feel like God looks at me and just kind of like rolls his eyes at me like, girl, what are you doing? And because he'll, you know, I am I told you guys I was asking God for obedience. Like, God, I'm asking for obedience. Like, it's scary. It's scary to ask for obedience, right? Because he's going to then put you in a situation to be obedient and you don't know what that situation's going to be, right? It's like when you ask for patience and then Well, he puts you in a situation where you get to try to be patient. Um, So I've been, I was like, God, I know it's like, I'm terrified to ask for, for you to show me how to be obedient, but I want to be more obedient to you. Show me how to be obedient to you. Not obedient to the enemy, not obedient to my flesh, obedient to you. And give me discernment to see between obedience to you and obedience to the enemy and flesh. Um, I want to be obedient to you. And so I feel like God was like, okay, take a step. And I was like, sick, what direction? And he was like, just take a step, just take a step, take a step, have faith. Cool. But like, what do you want me to do? Lauren, take a step. I will totally take a step, but like where? And he was just kind of calling me to take a step and like looking at me probably like, girl, just take a step. And I'm like, I don't see where to go. Sometimes we just have to take a step and then God's going to route our feet where they need to go. So I was praying and praying and praying for um, to be obedient and to serve him. And I didn't, I wasn't feeling anything. I was just like, I supposed to give my word, like, you know, like, am I supposed to evangelize or what, like, what am I supposed to do? And I didn't know what direction to go. And then I got a call from one of my friends at church and they asked me to be a, um, like a Bible study group, small group leader for, um, some like younger, like teenage girls. So for teenage girls and I think some young adults too, because there's some girls that are like um, going into college as well that are in it. But I felt like it was so out of the blue, but in reality, it wasn't out of the blue. I was asking for obedience and this is how God wants to use me. So I'm super excited. I get to be, um, I get to be a small group leader now. I'm still going to go to my small group probably. Uh, just because like my original small group, just because even that, like, I'm so grateful that God is trusting me to pour into these amazing, amazing young women. But I also need to be poured into as well. So that's one thing I love about Sunday mornings is my favorite day of the week, getting poured into Wednesday nights at um, the youth that I'm a youth leader at. I love it because the pastor, um, our youth pastor, he is preaching to like the youth, but a lot of it's still applicable to my life. And so I feel like I'm being poured in there. And then Tuesday nights, I feel like I'm being poured in at my small group. And I'm excited that I get to share some of the overflow of my cup with some younger ones. And yeah, it's a really cool feeling. It's a scary feeling, but it's cool because sometimes I do think like I like I know I'm I'm not I know I was not born qualified for this, but God has qualified me through all of the struggles and things that I've been through. I think that was one of my biggest things is like, ugh, how am I supposed to like God, I, I feel like you're calling me to do this, but how am I supposed to be obedient and guide these amazing young women when I was a hot mess at their age? I'm not qualified, but in reality I am because God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. I'm qualified because he has called me to be. Uh, 
Okay, so this wraps up part two of what I wish I knew about identity. So to review, I'll review from last week as well. So point one from last week is identity is not found in the career you choose. Point two, which is also from last week, is your identity is not in who you used to be. Point three, which was the first one of today, is your identity is not in what others say about you. Um, unless Jesus And then point four, which is the second point today, is your identity, um, as defined by the world, does not tie to your worth or value. Uh, Something that I've done in the past and I will still do, even if it's like, it doesn't have to do with identity, it has to do with some other thing I have a question on, is sometimes I'll just like look it up on like Pinterest. I love Pinterest. Um, I'll Google or look up Christian identity or whatever it is, or even in the Bible app, I know I mentioned it last week too, I think. In the Bible app, you can look up different plans that have different um, subjects or whatnot. But it'll bring up verses that say things like, you know, I'm a child of God, I am redeemed. I'm obsessed with that, redeemed. Redemption is a big thing in my life. Um, I am beautiful, I am known, (laughs) not the podcast title. Um, As always, please rate and review. Please spread the word, I'd really appreciate it. Um, I love my seven listeners. You guys are rock stars and I'm grateful for you. Um, Please follow me on social media. Please share it on social media at She's Known Podcast. Um, And then I hope you're looking forward to our final episode of season one, which is next week. Is that the one? Yep. Next week's a big one. Next week was a request from a previous student of mine. Shout out Hannah. Um, what I wish I knew about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a really touchy and tough subject. Um, I'm not great at it, but we're learning every day. So tune in next Tuesday for the final episode of season one. I'm going to be taking a few weeks off after that just to settle into the school year and get my routine back to where um, I can fit in my Um, podcast recording because I've been recording all summer long and now I'm going into the school year where I get to be an exhausted caffeine addicted teacher once more woohoo so um yes next week is going to be the final episode um I'm super excited around out season one I'm super hopeful for season two let me know if there's anything specific you want to hear please send me um messages on the instagram and hey okay i hope i hope this episode helped you if you know somebody who it's going to help please send it to them and i will see you next week for the final episode of this first season goodbye you beautiful people have a great day